Welcome to today's episode of Whiskey Made Woman with me, your host, Bunny and Love Shock. This is your place for magic, for manifestation and for creating a life that matters. I want you to love yourself, the people that you spend your time with, your job, your career, your profession, your calling and everything that contributes towards that. I never want anybody to feel like they have to be different to who they are. And that's part of the magic of when we come into our authenticity. That's part of the magic of starting to ask the question of, for example, why? (laughs) Every toddler and every kid is a genius. We have our genius eked out of us for want of a a better way of describing it. In an earlier episode, I spoke about a NASA study that took place where indeed NASA worked with a crew of kids that were between four and five-year-olds. And guess what? Basically 99% of the kids came out as geniuses, which is to say they had access to their imagination, their creativity in such a way that they could very easily problem solve and they could support themselves to come up with as Lewis Carroll would say, you know, 10 absurd ideas before breakfast. And there is enormous power in being able to do that. Our potential is absolutely limitless. And when we heal, as far as I'm concerned, the artist archetype in us, and we stop trying to sort of just make money from our art and we let money be a byproduct because what's a successful business? What's a successful life? It's helping people and it's discovering more joy. Money just happens to be along for the ride because money and love are the same energy. So consider what would happen if everybody had access to their innate genius. Consider also how we sometimes say out of the mouth of babes when a kid says something that we think is so profound that we listen to it, really, really listen to it and hear it because it's a tiny wee body with a very big heart, a huge soul and a voice. Now consider also that perhaps (laughs) we don't quite feel as if the genius that can also live in us in our later life and certainly in our mid-40s onwards, why is that not as potent and as powerful as out of the mouth of the five-year-old? Isn't it interesting? So we also start to diminish our creativity and our imagination. I'll give you a wee example of something that happened over the festive season with my husband and I. We were visiting my mum and she had bought a new piece of furniture that needed to have like legs put onto it. And the, honest to goodness, I've never seen smaller screws to put a piece of furniture together in my entire life. Now, what we didn't have was... um you know, like a magnetic screwdriver, which means you can just happily sort of pop that and the screw together, aim it towards the hole, which by the way, was in like, they were in sunken caverns that you couldn't see for love nor money. And I was like, who designed this? This is insane. But it is an opportunity for our genius to come forward. And we don't have to just limit our genius to solving all of the huge, huge problems that are in the world. Because actually, when we solve all the wee problems, the big problems start to also lessen. So we didn't have a magnetic screwdriver. So then I was saying, what about blue tack? Because then I can blue tack the, you know, the screwdriver and the screw together. We didn't have any of that. So then I was like, well, what about sellotape? We could just give that a go. And of course, using a tiny wee bit of sellotape that I put back to back, I was able to get the screw 
and the screwdriver together, I could see, and obviously I've got smaller hands where the hole was, set it up and then hand it over to James who basically put the screw into place. You know, and there we are. Everything is working out tickety-boo. Teamwork to make the dream work, as they say. So when it comes to our genius and our creativity and allowing ourselves to activate our authenticity, it's really important when we let ourselves be exactly who we are, be exactly who we are. And we let ourselves come forward. And as we were chatting about in a previous episode, that we really unburden the beliefs. Again, we put down the basket of burdens so we can pick up the basket of blessings. Now, I would also offer as well, sometimes let's just put those burdens down, okay? <sighs> let's just put those things that feel burdensome down, that feel heavy. Let's pop them down and just leave your hands empty for a wee bit. Carrying burdens and having burdened beliefs to me can feel like carrying really cheap, shitty grocery bags that, you know, sometimes when you're like, right, I'm going to do all the shopping in one. I'm going to get this all out the boot or the trunk of the car. And then I'm going to get this into the kitchen and I don't care how much it hurts. Or I'm going to lift everything up these 75 flights of stairs in one because I'm not coming back down these stairs. And then, you know, you're sweating and panting and you think your palms are going to open up because the horrible plastic is cutting through so, so horribly. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> let's just do more than one trip. And let's also purchase things from better quality stores. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I often think that so, so much. I'm like at a stage in my life where if I buy anything, I just want it to come in, you know, fully recyclable or fully compostable packaging. You know, if everything can come wrapped in, uh, in, in beautiful, able to use evolved seaweed options, that would make me very happy as well. Uh, so that there's just everything that can actually be returned to the earth and none of it costs the earth for the sake of wrapping up a jumper. Good heavens. So, you know, so all those sorts of things being present as well. And why does putting down our burdens matter? Because it just gives us a break, gives us a break to activate our authenticity, to find a wee joyful experience, again, to find a not painful experience of ourselves as we come more and more into our way of being. And we're able to ask, why am I doing my life this way? Notice I said what I said there. Why am I doing my life this way? Why am I doing my life this way? Why am I living my life this way? Why do I feel like I am a human doing, not a human being? Why do I feel like I'm a human doing and not a human being? Where is there an opportunity for me to accept myself exactly as I am? I want to bring Winnie the Pooh into this conversation. You know how much I love the absolute Tao of Winnie the Pooh. Just a fabulous, fabulous way of expressing life themes. Also, you should know that if you are somebody like me that loves the Enneagram, and I adore the Enneagram, not as a personality typing tool, but it really is a roadmap for life. The Enneagram, and I'll do a whole episode on this because Enneagram sessions are the bee's knees as far as I'm concerned, and it's woven into everything, just about everything that I do. The Enneagram is a, is told beautifully through Winnie the Pooh. 
Every one of those characters is a character of the Enneagram. And so it is such a blessing when we find stories that we've loved and then also discover that they have been written by someone that also really loved a tool that we also love. Isn't that amazing? It's so, so cool. So if you do know the Enneagram, then, you know, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh sits at number nine, you know, which is the closest to God. It's also point zero, the point at which all ideas begin, the point at which all ideas begin. It's always the same. We see how this and arguably the Enneagram is sometimes referred to as an occultist tool and a wee bit like Lilith, I would say, let's take that wrapping off it. Let's take that overcoat off it and let's perceive it as something different. But Winnie the Pooh is absolutely fabulous, in my opinion. And so Winnie the Pooh will often be knocking about in a way that is about having ideas and is about having an intention to accept things, people and life as it is and to let the idea and to let the solution present itself. And really that is a zone of genius. Now I think about Winnie the Pooh and I think about the whole family actually of the of this story. And then I think about Eeyore. Now here is the coolest thing about Winnie the Pooh and the crew at general. They invite Eeyore to everything. They invite Eeyore to everything and they never ask Eeyore to be any different. They never, in fact, they never ask one another at all to be any different. Eeyore doesn't ask Tigger to be any different either. Eeyore accepts that Tiggers are wonderful things and they bounce 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 and off they go and they go all over the place. Nobody ever says to Eeyore, I wonder, would you mind not being so depressed? Nobody says that, you know, it's just this amazing, amazing thing where Eeyore is completely accepted for who Eeyore is and for what Eeyore is made up of. And what is Eeyore? Eeyore is actually a character, a part of us, an archetype that feels deeply, that feels deeply and really wants to be part of what a typical world might be but also isn't very interested in what a typical world might be. And when I think about neurodivergence and when I think about, you know, beautiful brains and differences in brains, I often think about Winnie the Pooh and all of the characters that are there. Modern medicine, even things like antidepressants, even the way ADHD, even the way autism, even the way any, any differences, and they're not really differences, a person's brain is a person's brain and it's beautiful. When I think about the diagnosis that comes with it, there is still this invitation to conformity and to what? To this false idea of normalcy, to this false idea of typical. Now I am what might be considered neurotypical, although I will say I do present with ADHD type symptoms because I experienced a huge amount of trauma in my life. And so therefore there are symptoms that line up, but I don't believe that I would experience a diagnosis of ADHD. But even if I did, I would be cool with that. It's not, it's not anything other than a way to discover how your brain works more and what suits it and where your needs are 
often related to trauma though, we again have this experience of who we are, who we really are, including the parts of us that might feel depressed, i.e. they are in need of deep rest, feeling like they ought to have to be medicated so that they become a bit more tiggerish. You know, and it's interesting if we think about rabbit with Winnie the Pooh, because rabbit is so determined, you know, rabbit, God bless rabbit. I would say sitting at one, you know, I would say sitting at one, just wanting to get everything in order, you know, and if he can just get all of his carrots in order, then everything will be absolutely fine. <laughs> everything will just be a okay. And then, of course, what tends to happen is Tigger comes busting through the carrot patch and moves everything around. But actually, you know, Rabbit's quite happy about that because Rabbit loves perfecting things. So then Rabbit gets to go back and make an even straighter row of carrots. And in a way, the energy of Tigger has helped Rabbit become even more of himself. So when we have a family that presents like Winnie the Pooh and all the characters, Kanga, the beaver, Owl, you know, um, everybody, then there is this real sense that there is a capacity in us to accept everybody around us exactly as they are, so that we can meet ourselves as if for the first time every time. And there's a real gift to being able to do that. And I would say there's a real genius in being able to do that as well. The Enneagram and Winnie the Pooh, we also see this in Lord of the Rings, by the way. Lord of the Rings is also written based on the Enneagram. And they are just, there's a fantastic way of just looking at the interpretation of, of what is happening at that. You know, Piglet, for example, sitting as that very, very helpful six, you know, just want to make sure everybody's safe, just want to make sure everybody's okay. You know, the owl sitting at that seat, you know, potentially of five. Well, you know, maybe we could bring some more wisdom to this. Maybe we could think about this a little bit more. Maybe we could think about this a little bit more. So there's all sorts of goodness in who you are. And if we take the idea again of a binary typical, oh, good Lord, thank heavens, let's do that. Let's take the ideas of a binary typical world away for a wee bit. And let's imagine what an untypical non-binary world might get to express itself as. It certainly seems to me that there would be a huge amount of creativity and connection to imagination in that. It's very interesting if we start to look at, for example, the census questions that we have, like why do they matter? Well, because a state would like to know who is living in that state and how it is supposed to identify the people that are living in that space and place. When you have an active heart and a heart that's healed, you can really become a catalyst for transformation simply by you being you, by connecting with all of your parts, by meditating, by loving and living in your body and being and being in the way that feels like home for you. For playing with language, as we have done, if we think about how Greeks played around with language, how there was much more of an openness to pleasure, to partnership, to capacity for creativity, Again, we have become so constricted in the way that we consider what a family unit might be or what's safe or what's unsafe. And again, as a species that has access to imagination and creativity and indeed judgment, knowing that no other species judges anything. I don't imagine elephants are sitting around saying like, my God, have you seen what Jeff is wearing today? That grey is so last season. I mean, that's not happening, is it? let's be honest, or judging how a wee elephant is brought up, or otters having a go at one another for perhaps wearing the same clothing all day, every day, 
No, it's just not happening. Humans are weird. We're very, very weird. And when we can come into a loving relationship, you know, when we can come into a place of, I really don't like the word tolerate, but it can be a helpful tool in the beginning, you know, because we actually have to learn to tolerate more joy. We have to learn to tolerate more resilience. We have to learn to tolerate more imagination. We do build tolerance as part of also trauma recovery and also into elite performance. You actually have to begin to tolerate your greatness sometimes, which sounds like really weird language, but language is for us to play around with. Language is for us to activate and have a relationship with and be inspired by. So let me ask you this. If you lived in a world that was untypical, that was a brand new world every single day, that as was in the words of Aladdin, you know, a whole new world, what might that be like? If you didn't have to define yourself as, you know, the most most limited boxes of the consensus forms have around the world for people to tick into, how might you define yourself? What is a part of you that maybe hasn't revealed itself publicly, but you might just like to bring it forward for yourself, not necessarily for anybody else? We do think a lot of ourselves are for public consumption. And if, like me, you live in a time and a space where, you know, sharing yourself in an online chapter is there, but not everything is for everybody. And privacy is really important. And sacred privacy is incredibly important as well. So what difference might it make to you to consider living in an untypical, non-binary, genius of a five-year-old all the way through your life, including the animals, the joyousness of Winnie the Pooh, knowing that you don't ever have to ask anybody to change? And for the Tiggers, let them be the Tiggers, and the Eeyores, let them be the Eeyores. And Kanga, let Kanga be Kanga. All those hugs, all those back-of-the-heart spaces that she hangs out in, the helper, you know, wanting to make sure everybody's okay, wanting to make sure everybody feels loved. There's so much beauty and there's so much wonder and there's so much possibility. And taking, you know, the inspiration from, instead of answering every question correctly, we might answer with, I wonder, I wonder what that is. I wonder how that's made. I wonder where we can find out. Let's come up with 10, 11, 12 crazy, ridiculous ideas before breakfast every single day. And we talk so much in self-development and in the spiritual community about, you know, letting go and connecting and sitting down on the meditation cushion, working with the shadow and everything can have a heaviness to it. But actually what we're really looking for is more of ourselves. And we find more of ourselves through the portal of the heart. We find more of ourselves through imagination and connection to that and creativity. And we actually find more of that through solving things, which is to say making things and making our art and making it simply because we want to make it, not making it because we want to make ends meet. But being you, being beautiful, wonderful, magical you. And I wonder where this episode of Whiskey Made Woman might take you today see where it does. Drop me a note, leave me a message, let me know and I will see you in the next episode. And thanks so much for hanging out with me and I look forward to sharing more about Winnie the Pooh in the future and also more about the Enneagram and I look forward to you being there with me and I will see you very, very soon.